Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and its select theaters. Rated R. Hey, everybody, and welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. This is Katie Weaver, and I'm so excited to be here. I am here with my co-host and partner in crime and sister, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. How exciting. This is right? the flagship episode of season two. Yes. Welcome. We to have season a season two. two. We're just I'm cool just like that. Yeah. I know. <laughs> pretty exciting. It is exciting. It's pretty good stuff. Yeah. Well, Christy. How are you? You know, um, I'm really good. I'm really good. First of all, I'm really psyched because we did break 40,000 downloads on yeah. the podcast version of this podcast. You know, if you're rather than the podcast or the video cast, 40,000 downloads of the podcast. That is amazing to me. Yeah. So exciting. Other than that, I'm really good. I'm learning diamond painting. Have you done diamond painting? That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's the technology has gotten way better. Now we have these cool light boards that we put our projects on and all these different tools. Like my wife has been doing it for a while, but it killed mm -hmm. my neck and back to do it. Well, now you can sit up and look directly at it because it's on this light board that sort of looks like a laptop screen and it's really cool. Oh, wow. So I'm cur currently doing a, a, you what? I would be more interested now with better tech too, because it killed me. Scott made a gorgeous one. Oh, when they first started huge. doing them. Ron mm has -hmm. made many. Um, I love them. They're beautiful. I'm doing one that is uh, Vincent Van Gogh's Starry Starry Night right now, oh, which is a, you are. Yeah. a favorite of mine. So, yeah, I've been really enjoying now. that. I have Very been so cool. lazy between Christmas and New Year's, I have to admit. I've been <laughs> crafting and cooking and hardly even opening my laptop, which was kind of amazing for me. Yeah. Um, and now I'm like, wow, tomorrow's like Monday. Mm -hmm. First Monday of January, like <laughs> right, life starts to refocus. <laughs> <laughs> come back, come back. Yes. <laughs> so, how are you? Well, uh, I we've had a pretty stressful weekend, you as you have. know. <laughs> On New Year's Eve, uh, the, we had the gathering at our house, and of course, because it's COVID, it was just what seven of us. It was just our little circle, you know. We had fun. We drank absinthe. I have always wanted to try absinthe, and so I found it in the, in the liquor store. Scott and I ran to town to run a few errands, you know, before our party, and I said, oh, we need to run to the liquor store. There are a couple of things I need, you know, because we're not huge drinkers. We don't usually have a ton of alcohol on hand, but, you know, there was it a was couple of, like, low-carb cocktails we wanted to make. Anyway, <laughs> we get to the liquor store, and I hop out of the car, and I am in a pink and purple tie-dyed tracksuit. As you do, as I wear all the time. Yeah. As you do. And bright green Crocs. And I have a matching purple mask on. And Scott looked me <laughs> up and down and he's like, and you're going in the liquor store like this. <laughs> Damn straight I am. What's wrong Comfy, with this? Man. 
yeah, but they had absinthe and I always wanted to try it and it was expensive as hell, but I don't care because we wanted to try it anyway. Wow. I don't know if you guys have ever tried absinthe, but wow. Yeah, it is. Um, It's a different experience. It is some powerful stuff. Powerful. It hits. He took the first taste. Like he took a tiny bit of a shot while we were just in the kitchen getting ready to eat. That was so funny. You would have think or thought that he drank, you know, straight fire or something the way he reacted. And he kind well, of did. Holy moly. Straight up. It is strong stuff, man. Mm-hmm. You feel it like all the way through all your sinuses, all the way to the top of your head. Like, yeah. It, it's, yeah. Yeah. It hits. Holy cow. But anyway, now we've tried absinthe. So we're, we're proper witches now. So there yeah. you go. I'm totally getting some. I really liked it. You know what we did? This is probably so lame, but we were mixing like a half a shot in with diet seven up and ice and drinking it like that. And it was actually quite good. It it, it kind of needs a mixer. It's pretty, mm-hmm. I, there's no way I could do a shot of absinthe myself. I did a tiny little. I mean, you could, after but Scott did, but holy yeah. hell. Yeah, that's, that's quite the stuff I did. I liked it too. It tastes like black licorice. It's kind of like yeah. Jaeger, only uh, not as sweet. Stronger. Yeah, mm-hmm. stronger and not, not as sweet. sweet. Well, the yeah. alcohol content is through the roof. <laughs> yeah, it must be. Wowza. So yeah. you only just have a little bit, but it was very good. I, I liked it quite a lot. Mm-hmm. I did too. So, so, so we played games all night, you know, and drank, uh, we drank our drinks. And then uh, you guys left, went out the front door, and then I can hear this hysterical laughing. So I opened the front door, and apparently Rhonda fell down the stairs, which was our fault because uh, apparently our second step was sit, our second step was straight ice. So Rhonda fell. Kara laughed so hard that she dropped her instant pot, mm-hmm. and everyone was in the front yard cackling, and that killed me and I stood in my front porch and laughed so hard I peed my pants so <laughs> luckily I was home well, it all started with I tried to fall down the stairs and I'm uh-huh. doing one of these and Rhonda lunges to try to catch me and help me fell down the stairs on her butt <laughs> she's kind of pulled a muscle in her thigh this has been a little sore but she's okay but yeah it was quite a scene and then Kara so Kara's holding this huge instant pot right mm-hmm. and she's laughing and she was she's, quite drunk yeah, quite drunk and leaning yeah. over further and further and further. That Instapot's getting closer and closer to the ground. Like she can't hold it up. So she's just leaning <laughs> down. So she finally just touches the floor with it or the ground with it in the snow. It was so funny. Oh my gosh. We all laughed. Yeah. So that's how it went. But then we went to bed and about 2.30 a.m. My phone rings and it's my son. And I answer the phone and he yells, mom, I just wrecked your car. I had let him borrow my car and take it to Boise for the weekend. Uh, My car's a lot better than his. And he was going home for the weekend to hang out with his friends and go to his house because he's been here for two months working in between his semesters. And he was in a hell of a wreck. And it's just, it's still, I'm so shocked. And it was not a call a mom ever wants to get. But apparently there was a group of teenagers that had been at a party drinking and they had called for a DD. They did the right thing, called somebody to drive them home. And they were headed down the same highway, the same direction my son was heading. And apparently a drunk driver, a guy in his mid-20s, got on the highway going the wrong direction. And that car and this car of teenagers had a head-on collision at around 65, 70 miles an hour. And within seconds, my son came through. 
So the drunk driver's car was laying on its side in the right lane, blocking the right lane. Now know that it was 2.30 in the morning and it was foggy and he couldn't see anything. He didn't even know that car was there. He hit debris, scared the hell out of him. He stopped, got off to the side and stopped. Then he realized that right next to him was a car in the right lane. There were no lights on. The insurance agent told me that when a car is in a high impact wreck like that, usually all systems shut down. So there were no lights on on either car. He didn't see anything until he hit debris and came to a stop. Had he been in the right lane, he would have collided with that car at 65 miles an hour. It's just so freaking scary. Yeah. So he sat and watched them uh, waiting. Well, the, you know, 911 was called. The police came. Uh, He watched them use the jaws of life to extricate that guy from his car. And he apparently is in the hospital in pretty bad shape. But really tragically, the car he hit, uh, one of the kids was killed, a 19-year-old. Yep. So sad. So sad. It's so scary and sobering. It, you know, it's so scary for Micah to think that, I mean, he nearly died that night. It's it's a miracle that he was in the other lane. It is. Because there were no cars on the road, really, you know. And he said, I said, why were you in the left lane? And he goes, you know, I usually just by habit travel in the left lane if there's no other cars around. Thank God he did. I was on the phone with him when the officer came to his door to take a statement because, of course, he waited for a long time because, um, you know, they were dealing with all the humans, of course, you know, the injured people. And he wasn't hurt, thank God. And so when the officer came to his door, I was on the phone with him and the officer said, so you did you swerve or were you in the left lane? And Micah said, no, I was just in the left lane and this debris came out of nowhere. And he said, I am so glad you were, bud. I am so glad you were. And I thought, yeah. Yeah. So he was the first car on scene to, and then of course turned his uh, flashers on or another car could have easily have plowed into that car, but they saw him and stopped and it closed the highway for hours. It took him hours to get done. And they finally decided that my car was drivable for him to get home. He was only like 10 minutes from his house. Mm -hmm. Um, the insurance then told me, no, it was definitely not drivable because the uh, airbag light is on and it locked the seatbelt. Mm-hmm. Apparently in newer cars, when you wreck, it uh, activates some servo or something that locks the seatbelt. Anyway, the insurance agent told me that uh, in that kind of a collision and with the uh, airbag uh, light flashing, that means that the airbag malfunctioned. Oh, yeah. So it should have gone off. Yeah, so he said the tar- car should have been towed and not driven for those reasons. But anyway, it was driven. So now it's at the body shop, and we'll see. The insurance actually tried to tell me that they may uh, rule this accident uh, my son's fault because he didn't swerve out of the way of the debris. That is the problem insane. with that, of course, is had he swerved, he would have swerved right into the wreck, for yeah. one. And had he didn't see the debris, it came at him. You know, I mean, there was no swerving to get away from it anyway. So stupid. So hopefully our deductible is like a grand. I know I've obviously set up shitty insurance and have to fix that. But anyway, so hopefully it's not ruled his fault. It's not his fault. I mean, what? How this (laughs) Anyway, so we are fine. He's fine. We met halfway, uh, met our daughter halfway and she brought him back to us so he could come home and get his car and work this week. Um, I'm without a car currently, but well, we have cars. Don't think I don't have a ride, but we, 
to have lots of cars, you know, I'm fine. But um, anyway, it's just, cars. You always it's, have lots of cars. It, it's just, it's scary and sobering and it's just, yeah, I don't even know how to feel. And I'm just so freaking sad. He didn't know those kids, but a lot of kids on his football team did know them. Did they? Oh gosh. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Well, that's awful. Absolutely <laughs> terrible. So, so that's where, that's how I am. <laughs> <laughs> Fun. It was a long answer this time. Holy crap. Yeah. Well, sorry. Everybody's okay. yeah. well we okay. do have, Christy, I have a case for you. It is a, yes. it's a cold read. I don't know. It's a solved case, but maybe it's not a solved case. I, I'm going to just let you, I have a few questions for you about this case when we're done. Okay. So this is Alexandra Mass. Mm, it's such a, I, this last name, she's Romanian. It's, I don't even want to try because I'm going to ruin it. It's, and I've even listened to videos to make sure I didn't do this, but it's Massasanu. Massasanu? Or, okay. or Maysanu. Maysanu. It's M-A-C-U-S-A-N-U. Massasanu, I believe. So. Okay, close enough. I don't, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this happened in 2019. This is a fairly new case. Uh, she was hitchhiking. Hmm. Yeah, she was hitch- hitchhiking apparently from where she lives into Caracal, okay. Romania. Caracal yeah. is apparently kind of an outs- on the outskirts of Budapest. Yeah, okay. And... She was hitchhiking. She was from her village of Dobra, Slovenia, to Karakel. So she was picked up by a 65-year-old mechanic who uh, kidnapped her Mm -hmm. and took her to a home. He he picked her up, but somewhere along the way, he had put a blindfold on her and... He raped her, he beat her up, and he locked her in a room in a house and left. And at some point left. So about a day after she goes missing, she calls 911. Well, not 911. In their country, it's a different number. but uh, 999 or something. Yeah. It's 112. Oh, it's 112. Got it. Okay. She calls 112 and tells them. That she has been kidnapped. And the police, the way they treat her and talk to her is unthinkable. So I'm going to read you guys the transcripts. She, so she calls three times. She looks around in the room she's in and finds a cell phone. Not hers. He took hers, but he somehow managed to leave his phone in this room she's locked in. So she calls emergency the 112 officer officer of course says or operator says 112 what's your emergency and she says i want to talk to the police the operator says what happened madam what is your name she says i am a miss i'm 15 and a man kidnapped me yesterday what is your name and she says alexandru masanu please hurry i don't know where i am what do you mean you don't know where you are what locality? She says, in Dobro. No, Caracal. He took me to Caracal, but I don't know where exactly. And the operator says, well, give me a location in Caracal. How do you think we can find you? Hello? Oh. 
when a 15 year old calls and says I've been kidnapped. Yeah. And, and, and so, and, she, you know, I, this is Romania, so I don't know, you know, mm -hmm. if this is normal. She's crying. She's hysterical. The operator says, have you been raped? And she says, yes, I've been raped. So they say, okay, stay on the phone, but try to give me a location to know exactly how to find you. So then she yells, he's coming, he's coming, come quickly, please. And the call disconnects. And you can see. They hear not have GPS on cell phones in Romania? They do. Okay. So then you hear the 112 operator say, well, where shall we come in car call, man? Well, what the hell should I do? She's in Caracal. She was kidnapped and then taken to Caracal, but she doesn't know where. That's what the, the operator says to someone else after the call ends. Wow. So a few minutes later, she calls again. They don't call her. She calls them. I mean, it's just unbelievable. So this time they get a policeman on the phone with her. So she says, please hurry. I think she's thinking they can track the phone, you know? Mm -hmm. He says, where shall we come, miss? Tell us. So she says, excuse me? And he says, where? Where? This is all translated, of course. Right. Uh, that's why it's, it's a little weird sometimes. And she says, I don't know exactly. We passed by the dam, but now I think I'm in bold. It can't be anywhere else. He says, where, where are you? And she says, in bold. And he says in bold, oh, in Old County? Then she gives him an address and tells him that she's found a business card and that she doesn't know if that's who this person is or not. But there is a business card with a man's name and an address. But then they read the address back and they tell her that is an apartment building. And she says, I'm not in an apartment. I'm in a standalone house. So he says, so she's begging them and sobbing. Please hurry. I'm scared. He beat me. And the policeman says, okay, okay, stay there. Stay she there. Says, she says, Are I'll stay there? right here because I can't get out. Please come. The officer says, Are you with anyone? Are you alone? How did you get there? And she says, No, I'm alone. I'm alone. I'm locked in a room, please. And he says, You are alone. I understand. Fine. Stay there. Stay and there. she's sobbing and says, I'm afraid. So then you hear him get on his radio and say, there's a girl that's been beaten and raped. Okay. And he starts having a conversation with someone and she's crying on the phone saying, please come quickly. I'm so afraid, please. The policeman says, miss, hang up the phone. You will be contacted and the police will come there. Okay. What? Yeah. And she says, please hurry. And he says, yes. Okay. Okay. And then she says, sir, there's a big car in the yard. Like he's coming back. And he says, okay, then stay exactly where you are. So she For hangs up again. sake. Yeah. Then she calls back again about 10 minutes later and says the emergency operator transfers her back to a police officer. She says, please, did you send someone here? And the policeman says, we did. Stay there. They can't fly there in two minutes, miss. Stay there, okay? Uh. Stay, they keep telling her to stay put. Like, what the hell do they think she's going to do? Right. She's she is kidnapped in and room. locked in a room. It's wow. unreal. So she says, oh. please, please come. I'm afraid. And he says, well, who are you afraid of? Hello? Who are you afraid of? 
She says, of him, he beat me. And the officer says, him who? So she gives him the same name and address that she found on the business card, but again tells him that she has no idea if that's actually who the kidnapper is or not, but it's a business card she found in his room. Mm -hmm. The policeman says, I can't stay on the phone, miss. We have other calls. Stay where you are. A team will come. It will definitely come in two or three minutes. What the hell? That's what they say to her. And she's sobbing on the phone. And then he says, okay, don't worry. Calm down a bit, okay? (laughs) He says, I'm afraid. He says, you should try to calm down, okay? Calm down and the police team will come. They're on their way. And then he says, hang up the phone because if we are talking, the police team can't talk to you. And gets off the phone. And that's the last contact they have with her. Oh, my God. 19 hours later. Well, no, let's back up. About 12 hours later, they finally find the house. By yes, tracking the GPS on the phone number. Right. And supposedly, they had been given the wrong information about the address and had been at two different locations before they found this one. But when they found the address... They came to the house and sat outside for four to six hours waiting for a search warrant, even though apparently their law doesn't require one, but they waited well, for one. They think there's a kidnap victim in there. They don't need a search warrant. I don't know. I mean, in the U.S. you wouldn't, but. They finally stormed the house and they arrest this guy, this old guy, whose name is Jorge Dinka. And he tells them that he has killed her and that he killed another girl uh, in the spring, an 18-year-old named Louisa Melancou, who's also been missing. So they search the home and on the property at some point, they finally find some bone fragments and some teeth. And he tells them that he murdered her and burned her in a barrel. So here's the thing. She's been the time they were all screwing around, not finding her. Oh my God. So there's some big inconsistencies because for one thing, one of the officers puts out a statement that she was strangled, but they don't have any proof that she was strangled. They don't even know if those remains are hers. They're just going on the word of the perp at this point. The neighbors, none of them, say that they smelled anything weird or saw any smoke. So how would he have burned her body? Right. And, you know, you we know from following the uh, Daybell case that burning a human body to smithereens down to tiny oh. shards of bone are, that's nearly impossible, you right. know. But at any rate, they do take, they do some DNA work on the bones They finally decide from the teeth that it is her. But I I don't really trust the police work here. Uh. (laughs) The teeth were, they used a method to uh, get her teeth straight, you know, to, to notify her, identify her through the teeth, through deconstruction, which basically means that they destroy the, evidence to do it the problem is from the pictures of the teeth the teeth have dental work done that she never had done 
And so, but the teeth are now gone, but they do. Then later they said that they also identified her DNA from the bone fragments, but people are having a hard time trusting the police in this because gee, I wonder why, what the hell now later, a couple of uh, later in the month, they actually do find remains that they believe to be the other girl in the forest near his home. So her family initially really don't think that she's dead they think that she was this was human trafficking that he held her in the house for a certain amount of time and trafficked her somewhere else there's no evidence of that except for that nobody's trusting the police at this point right and this sparks a huge public outcry and there are protests all over Bucharest people are pissed because this was so poorly handled And basically, they had the tools they needed to save this kid, and they just didn't. No. They treated her like she didn't matter. They were horrifyingly rude to her on the phone. They didn't reassure her. They didn't do anything to save her. No. Um, There is a lot of, there were some rumors swirling around about possible uh, police involvement or police corruption. There actually were two ministers the, the, that were fired over this. There were a whole bunch of police officers that were fired over it. The only reason they were fired is because her uncle is kind of a minor celebrity in Romania mm. and had a talk show on TV and people know him. And he went to uh, the media with the transcripts from the call. Oh, and that's wow. why we know about the call, because he went to the media with it. Well, that is so damning. The way that she was treated by the operator and by the police officers is unbelievable. Can you imagine having a 15-year-old sobbing on the phone, telling you that she was kidnapped, that she was raped, that she was beaten, that she was scared to death, begging you to come and save her and no, act man, like that? Call out the freaking cavalry on that. You send right? everybody. Like, what is going on mm-hmm. that they would be so careless? Just Yeah. So the prime minister basically jumped all over it. In the next week, the Ministry of Education said in an interview, she was super dismissive about it and was like, well, I was taught not to get in cars with strangers. Too bad she wasn't. Oh, oh, so now it's okay to rape and murder 15-year-old kids in your country? Really? So, and apparently hitchhiking is actually still something that um, is a little more common in Romania. Okay something here in the u.s that like we're horrified by you know that that was more of like a 70s thing but from some chat rooms i was reading on this case that's not super surprising that there was a kid that was hitchhiking that goes on yeah Um, at any rate so while this definitely reads as a solved case i still want to pose those questions to you about it and i still wanted to put a spotlight on this case because of the way this was handled so my questions for you are oh i i do want to say about jorge dinka he had no criminal record nothing nothing but later on a 49 year old woman came out and said that he also had assaulted her uh, a while ago and mm-hmm. so but that's about all we know he was a mechanic and that's about all we know about dinka I mean, he's in prison, you know, he'll never see the light of day again for both of these murders. But so the questions are, did he truly kill her? 
or did or was she trafficked there are still people in Romania that believe that she's not dead that those you know the DNA was not as conclusive as they're claiming it to be and that this is a cover-up so is she you know that so that's my first question is what actually happened is is she dead or do you think that she actually was trafficked she is dead I don't have any doubt that she is dead I feel that very clearly I do feel that he buried her body and I feel he didn't want to give up the location because he's one of those creepers that visits his uh, kills, visits Mm -hmm. the sites and that he didn't want her to be found because he didn't want the site to be found. I feel like he's killed way more people than they know. I feel like the fragments and the teeth on his property. Do you think maybe they belong to someone else? Oh, hell yeah. That those were definitely that was those definitely belong to victims of his, just not this victim. There is no way in 19 hours that he broke her body down that far. I mean, come on, where are their forensic scientists? They would know that. You're not going to break somebody clear down to teeth and bones in 19 hours. That's insane. No, she's buried in the woods, kind of like the other girl was somewhere that he didn't want to give up because he, you know, he was he's a visitor he likes to revisit his locations and he's such a creeper um i think his body count is pretty high i feel like he when he was younger he um was more into um women that people wouldn't miss like um people in prostitution and sex work that kind of thing where they weren't necessarily connected to their families so people wouldn't notice that they were gone um, he made a huge mistake with this girl. I feel like he was getting older and, you know, wasn't as savvy as he used to be. And he did, he made a big mistake with her, but I, mm-hmm. I feel like honestly, if they'd given this any attention at all, they would discover that this dude is a serial killer. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I suspect that he lived somewhere else Yeah, and that some of his victims aren't anywhere near where they're looking because right. he or, or he had an, a second are location. they looking because it really doesn't feel to me like they are i feel like well, they, after they wanted... the public outcry mm-hmm. it definitely lit a fire under the police and the president oh. or, or so sorry i think it's the prime minister got involved and so there there was a shift there in them really you know okay. doubling down on it and that's how they found the other girl out in the forest mm-hmm. so it did shift but yeah but yeah. they were only looking for those two girls, too. Right. There are others. There are most definitely others. I feel that he he has been pretty prolific. Mm-hmm. Oh, horrifying. Horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, thank you for that. And, of course. And uh, I do feel 100% that they lied about the DNA on those teeth and bones because they just wanted this to go away. Because they looked stupid, obviously mm-hmm. had made a big mess of this. Mm-hmm. And they were just going to say she's been identified so that they can be done and walk away. Uh-huh. It's a horrifying, absolutely horrifying. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Um, on one hand, it seems like it has helped them to ferret out some some uh, corruption, you know. And, mm-hmm. I mean, heads roll. A ton of people lost their jobs over this, uh, including, like, you know, top people all the way down. And so it is, I think... In some ways, it probably uh, created some change in their country mm-hmm. that was necessary. It also makes you wonder how many other times have things like this happened where the victims were mistreated 
right. not believed and, and where not they saved. didn't have family to yeah. speak up and say, what the hell is this? You know, how the hell can you treat somebody like this? Yeah. yeah. And I, yeah. I think that's where he got away with things. I also think that he really screwed up with her and that he hadn't, um, you know, he made a lot of mistakes. He left a cell yeah. phone in the room with her. I mean, yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, um, and I feel like he was better at this when he was younger. I feel like he's getting older and has some problems and things mm -hmm. weren't, you know, as easy for him as they have been in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's terribly sad. Look how cute she is. Beautiful girl. She had her whole life in front of her. She sure did. Just unreal. Certainly didn't deserve that. Holy cow. She should have had knights in white armor showing up there to save her. She should have. Absolutely. They should have brought everybody to find that kid. Yep. It's just, that's just unbelievable to me. Yep. But I do feel like at least this case brought about some change that may protect somebody else's daughter. Well, her family's and not going away. They have good. been really loud and good, good for them, you know. Yes, good for them. The fact you that her uncle, yeah, and her uncle had some connections and some, you know, ways to make that noise, but not everybody no. does. Luckily, no, that's what he did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All righty. Well, there you have it. That is, that is the case. Thank you for reading that one. And of course, uh, this is just case one this week. We have, uh, this is Monday's case, but we'll have new cases out on Tuesday and Wednesday as well, as well as our live stream on Wednesday night case updates. And there are some updates as well as, uh, of course, uh, the Thursday night psychic show is back. Yes. This week because, well, um, one other exciting announcement. Yeah. We have a brand new merch store. We have a an official, we have official merch, guys. Official. We've, we had, up. we've had a t-shirt before. We have way more. So if you go to true crime paranormal podcast.com, partway down the page, you'll see where you can click to go see merch. It's going to take you to our brand new merch store. You guys were asking for more things, sweatshirts, coffee mugs, that kind of thing, masks. We have it all, my friends. Mm -hmm. We have it all. So go to truecrimeparanormalpodcast.com and find where you can click on the merch link and go check it all out. We're really excited. Yeah. Yep. Good stuff. Yeah. All righty. Well, you guys, thanks for being here with us. This has been another episode, the first episode of season two of yeah. True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Take care. Bye, guys. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.